Hello, A24 fans. This week, we'll be introducing a new segment for you on our show called A24 Vibe Discussions. A24 Vibe Discussions will be our way of having more general movie ponderings and debates that aren't necessarily A24, but adjacent to or related to A24. That means we will be releasing episodes weekly again. We will start by working our way through the A24 library, and we will have movie reviews one week and A24 Vibe Discussions the next. Our first topic is our top 10 films from the 1980s and which films inspired some of the A24 classics we have come to know and love. But I'm not alone on this small adventure. I also have my esteemed co-hosts, Mr. Eric Kiska and Cole William Whitlaw. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Great. Yeah, I'm drinking Labatt Blue Light again. Or No, sorry, just Labatt Blue Heavy. Oh. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to continue being Canadian this week because uh, I... I like Cole so much, and I want to be like him. Yeah, hey, man, Labatt Blue is is uh, truly a special treat, and I do miss it being down south. That is one thing I miss a lot. <laughs> I am uh, continuing my highball whiskey seltzer. I bought a six-pack, and I'm slowly working my way through it. They are not as good as I hoped, but I'm still going to drink them, god damn it. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Um, and for my part, I'm just drinking a random bourbon out of my collection. I think I have Yellowstone tonight on the rocks. Um, delicious as always. And as our listeners know, I'm not much for variety. So, whiskey for days. A24 Vibe Discussion! But like I mentioned, we're talking about the 1980s today, guys. I know that is uh, the decade of uh, at least my birth. Uh, Eric, probably not. Cole, probably not 91. either. 91. 94. Yeah. Well, either way, for me, um, it is definitely one of those decades that defines films, and it's certainly one of those things that uh, has allowed a lot of uh, influence in my life and probably your guys' as well. So what I want to do for this discussion is I want to talk about the top 10 films. We all each have created a list of the top 10 films of our personal preference from the 1980s. Um, and as we're going through the list, we'll take an opportunity to kind of discuss whether or not they have any A24 vibes, whether or not you felt you uh, had an influence uh, from A24 on them, and kind of uh, just why we picked them in general. We're going to start with 10 through 6. Each of us are going to give that list, and then we'll move on to our top 5. And our listeners want to know what each one of our number 1 films are. You're going to have to stay with us. But let's get us started. Mr. Kiska, what is your 10 through 6 top 19 80s films. All right. So, number 10. I have Blue Velvet. It was made in 1986, directed by David Lynch. It uh David Lynch, you know, he's such a surrealist and expressionist director that has inspired so many people. Uh, and I'll get into in a little bit what kind of films he might might have inspired from A24. That's my number 10. Number 9, Back to the Future, 1985, ultra fun popcorn movie. Always love it. Number eight, The Shining, 1980, Stanley Kubrick's horror masterpiece with some of the best performances given in any of his films, in my opinion. Number seven, Raging Bull, 1980. Martin Scorsese, the directing and cinematography in this film is beautiful, even though the main character is such a horribly tragic person. It's certainly his most intimate film, in my opinion, and I enjoy it so much for that. Number six, I have Blade Runner, 1982. Uh, inspired sci-fi films for years, especially in the AI category, and really put Ridley Scott on the map here. So, initial ideas about my 10 through 6, guys? <laughs> I mean, they sound pretty brilliant to me. 
so I've never seen uh, Raging Bull. I'll be completely honest with you. Uh, okay. I need to, right? De Niro, Scorsese. Isn't it black and white, the whole film? Uh, yep. Is honestly on all those top ten lists of not just movies from the 1980s, but movies of all time. All time, yeah. Uh, so definitely... I mean, we get that line. I want to be. I could have been a contender, right? Like that's like something in like that's that's like, on the waterfront actually. Oh, but he's does he say it in that film though? He, uh, I think he does. I'm, I'm pretty. Do, I'm uh, pretty okay, damn he sure been. he's staring in the mirror. <laughs> okay. He's got a cigar in his hand and he's talking about. Okay. I mean, again, I, I saw a list today. I'm just saying, but uh, yeah, that's my only input on that. Um, but Shining, of course. I mean, yeah. that's the. I know you're gonna talk about it, but that's the H one. That's the Kubrick one oh, yeah. that just comes through. Hundred percent, and who can go wrong with Back to the Future? I mean, that's been yeah. No, Eric, yeah. Uh, Cole, what do you think? Um, so I also have not seen Raging Bull. It's on my list, and I am uh, feel pretty bad about not ever seeing it. Uh, but I will say, Eric, I'm a little annoyed that you have one, two, you have three of my films on your bottom five, while I have <laughs> two of them on my top uh-huh. five. So. I don't quite understand why you hate okay. things There's going to be some I overlap. Or, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but um, like the two well, that... Well, not like, overlap, I guess, if I'm in bottom five, you're and, in top five. Yeah. And since this is, a, this is a discussion debate, my personal preference has zero of those movies. Wow. Top ten. Not even Back to the Future. Not How even Back not? to the Future. Wow. There yeah. are other nerd movies that I will put much, much higher than Back to the Future. Interesting. So yeah. definitely, I mean, Blade Runner, I think inspired a lot of AI sci-fi films. I think Ex Machina, uh, After Yang, was another A24 film in the last two years. I think it it has inspiration, for sure. I mean, Blade Runner is a stalwart in the sci-fi genre. Um, Raging Bull, The Whale and First Reformed come to mind. One-man character studies, that's what Raging Bull was kind of the the tour de force for that kind of uh, film. Like, I mean, Citizen Kane probably was the original uh, one that really kind of defined that. But Raging Bull was, in my opinion, like Martin Scorsese's most beautifully directed film. I wouldn't say it's his best film. I actually like Goodfellas a little bit more. And then The Shining, it, it inspired like all kind of mindfuckery horror films in the future. And The Witch, Hereditary, Midsummer, The Black Coat's Daughter, I feel like all could say they were a little inspired by The Shining. Speaking yeah. of inspiration, do you think yeah. that the Rocky movies also came out in the 1980s, were directly inspired by Raging Bull, slash would have been as successful as they would have been if we didn't have that, you know, boxing movie in that same decade right before it? No, well, I mean, the original Rocky, I think, was the best one of all, all of them, and that came out in the 70s, right? So Good point. It, I forgot about yeah. that. That was pre-Raging Bull. You're right. Yeah. So, like, I, I think that Raging Bull is way more of, like, an intense character study about a tragically horrible person and um yeah not the same as the whale in first reform but either character studies though cool i need your 10 through 6 favorite slash best movies from the 1980s okay so this is the true definitive list eric he tried but the real (laughs) list here is um number 10 karate kid i mean if you can't hit mr miyagi on your list i don't really understand it how he could exist in this world um, number nine, I have one of the greatest comedies of all time, uh, Caddyshack. I mean, absolutely top notch. Um, number eight, Raiders of the Lost Ark. How could you not have Indiana Jones from the 80s? And then uh, number seven, American Werewolf in London, which is 
a fantastic film, another great horror film with practical effects. And then number six is, um, I'm going to butcher the first part of this. It's the um, uh, Naza Saka of the Valley of the Wind. It's the uh, Studio Ghibli film about giant bugs. And it is uh, truly fantastic. One of my favorite Ghibli films of all time, to be honest. And I didn't even realize it came out in 84 until I was looking this stuff up. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it. So it, uh, yeah. So initial thoughts. I, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark I have higher. A uh, little teaser, I guess. Um, <laughs> Ka- yeah. Caddyshack, yeah, I that's a film my dad loves. Fun fact, he almost made me, uh, na- he almost named me Doug after the writer of Caddyshack, Doug Kenny. Uh, but the my mom wouldn't allow him to because Doug Kenny actually fell off a volcano, um, and it it might be uh, insinuated that he might have killed himself and jumped off a volcano. But uh, oh. either way, yeah, I and Karate Kid that's a classic. Like I I don't have it in my top ten, but it's a classic. So it's I hard agree to there. disagree with you on a lot of these. Cole, to be yeah. honest with you, um, the Studio Ghibli is a nice deep cut. Uh, I do enjoy that particular film. I thought that was good. Karate Kid. We wouldn't have our Cobra Kai spinoffs without it, right? Wax yeah, on, wax off. It expired, inspired a, a generation. Caddyshack, I am sad I left off my list. Thank you for bringing that up. That's a, a big honorable mention for me uh, as a shitty golfer. <laughs> but uh, I certainly i am glad that you brought that to the forefront. Uh, yeah. So I will say that we are off and running so far. Um, I am also painfully aware that my list is going to be one of those where you're going to be like, hey, okay, movie, but maybe not top 10. But for me, these are the top 10 80s movies that I grew up on and certainly enjoy the most. Number 10 coming in hot in 1988, we have Beetlejuice. Um, mm, Beetlejuice is one of those classics. We get some Michael Keaton action, right? We um, we get some awesome uh, dance scenes and some some quintessential movie moments. Uh, that was one of those awesome movies that I really enjoyed coming out of the eighties. Uh, number nine, we got Ferris Bueller's Day Off coming in nineteen eighty six. Uh, that one is also one of those inspirational movies for anybody who's ever played hooky in their lives. Uh, probably give it a, a, a lot of credit to Matthew Broderick and his performance there on Ferris Bueller. So wonderful movie at uh, number nine. At number eight, I have the Monty Python's Meaning of Life coming in in 1983. <laughs> uh, I find that movie to be um, one of the major reasons of uh, the religious departure uh, beliefs for me, to be honest with you. It was one of those um, movies that really kind of just showed you the uh, the comedic aspect of organized religion, and I certainly applaud Monty Python for taking that step in the 80s and kind of making it a little bit mainstream with that movie. And number seven, we're coming in with The Princess Bride in 1987. Princess Bride is one of those films that I've watched probably in my entire life, right? From a little kid to a teenager. Uh, got a revival in the college years. Um, I'm a big wrestling fan, so Andre the Giant's performance in that, um, albeit a little sad because it's towards the end of his life, is also um, is, is epic and one of those things that will go down in cinematic, cinematic history for me. So Princess Bride comes in there hot at number seven. And then number six, we're looking at Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Last Ark. So um, I know we've talked about that a little bit, but that kind of comes right in the middle for me. Um, I was kind of on the fence for me on, on uh, Last Crusade and Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I do think that we have to give the homage to the uh, the OG, the one that brought mm. us uh, to where we are now in 2023 with another Indiana Jones movie. Let's talk about that, right? So this movie came out in uh, uh, 1981, and uh, we are now getting the final uh, chapter in 2023. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm not looking forward to mm-hmm. it because uh, the last one, Kingdom of the Crystal Skulls, was so bad. So um, 
Dial of Destiny. I I like the uh, lead actress in it. Uh, she, she's from Fleabag, and Fleabag's one of my favorite TV shows. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is one of my favorites, and I'll talk about it, you know, in a sec here, too. Just popcorn movie, which I think, okay, generally, 80s cinema was marked by a lot of popcorn films because, one, like, capitalism, Ronald Reagan, but two, uh, VHS started <laughs> coming out, and that was, like, the decade where VHS really, like, started, and the rewatchability of films was a new thing, you know, like, we didn't have rewatchability of films uh, before the 80s, and... Yeah, that's where it started, really. A quick edit here. The first VHS tapes actually came out in Japan in 1976, and the United States received its first VHS-based VCR, the RCA VB2-200, on August 23rd, 1977. But it was not quite affordable for the average person in the late 70s, and it really blew up and became affordable and widespread in the 80s. Yeah, so going off of what Eric was talking about, one thing I noticed when I was putting together my list was I was looking at all of these movies that I absolutely love and have a lot of nostalgia for from the 80s, um, but they're all, like you said, popcorn movies. And I was like, man, there's got to be like some movies in the 80s that I love that you know have that emotional punch and like that you know cinematic feeling and stuff like that. But man, you know the, what you just explained with the VC, VCR era, it all makes a lot more sense now because, man, oh, man, do I love a lot of these movies, and they are truly just a popcorn movie. You put it on, feel good, have an action-packed adventure, and a lot of fun. Beetlejuice and Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I had I watched that a lot growing up, especially Beetlejuice. I was a goth uh, for a little bit, and <laughs> Beetlejuice was like big, big uh, inspiration on me. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off, I mean, I had two older sisters, um, and one that was born in the 80s, or two that were born in the 80s, one in 87, though, and she played hooky a lot in school, and uh, so Ferris Bueller was a big inspiration on her and became a big inspiration on me, and yeah, I, I, I don't have it on my list, but I, I do love that film, and yeah, what I'm noticing, well, Raiders of the Lost Ark, we share overlap there. Other ones, though, like, you're definitely looking more into, like, the pleasing films for you, and I, I respect that, though. Yeah, 100%. Going into this list, I could have obviously approached the ones that are the more cinematic ones that represent, and we can have that discussion here in a little bit, but I went with the ones, like you said, that are more pleasing to me. Coley made a good point, like, looking at these and like, which ones are popcorn pleasers or popcorn eaters and which ones have a little more depth. Almost all of mine, I would say 9 out of 10, and I'd have to make a stretch on the 10th one to make, like, an, any argument at having it more depth than just action-packed adventure. That was fun to watch on the screen. But that was also the times. That's what was selling tickets and what people wanted mm-hmm. to do, and we all saw that they all kind of piggybacked off each other and created something awesome. Um, so uh, that's being said, we're going to go ahead and move right on in to uh, the top five, uh, unless anyone wanted to throw in any A24 vibes from those. But I'm pretty sure we kind of nailed uh, that on the head that a lot of these are just you know, more of the, the action-packed pleasers. Maybe we'll get to that in the top five. Yeah. So Well, I'll talk about Raiders of the Lost Ark and what I it. think it might have inspired. Let's go. It. Seems like a great time. Okay, I guess right now I'll say the action-adventure flick, Raiders of the Lost Ark, was a big inspiration on that. And I think of everything everywhere all at once, actually. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. big, you know, action-adventure film. And I think that Raiders definitely had a inspiration on the genre and everything everywhere all at once. You could say, like, took a little inspiration from uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm not going to say it was a huge inspiration, but that that definitely came to mind. Yeah, I had, um, for... Yeah, for everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I actually have uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Back to the Future. I feel like they both kind of fall into that kind of, you know, Back to the Future's kind of 
has the goofy time change shenanigans mm, and stuff like yep. that that everything on everywhere all at once has plus Raiders of the Lost Ark I, I also had connected to that um, so I, I thought both of them had some good good impact on it fair yeah I agree fantastic alright well moving on in Mr. Kiska why don't you hit us with our top five or your personal top five movies from 1980 so Number five, I'm not sure if there's any overlap with you guys here, but this is just a personal favorite of mine. When Harry Met Sally, 1989, it's my favorite (laughs) rom-com of all time, and I'm actually not really a huge rom-com fan, but as an aspiring screenwriter here, this may be one of my favorite screenplays of all time. The beats and comedy, the general creativity of the script, and just kind of uh, like creativity about love and romantic comedies in this was so good. Four, I have Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, three of the ne- these next four are popcorn movies, um, which I really think marked 80s cinema. But, like, yeah, the action-adventure approach to this, but also how cartoonish it was in its action-and-adventure ad- approach. It it really... It, I love it because it actually, I guess, took a lot of inspiration from, like, pulp uh, cartoons, like, from the 40s and 50s, which was pretty cool. Star Wars Episode Five: Empire Strikes Back, is my number three. In my opinion, the best Star Wars film outside of The Last Jedi. Star Wars Episode 5, one of my favorite. Just kidding, I hate The Last Jedi. Anyway, uh, number two, Do the Right Thing, uh, 1989, Spike Lee. For a social cultural piece, it was the best social cultural piece of the 80s, in my opinion. Spike Lee really launched his career and inspired black filmmakers for decades. But outside of that, it was just a damn good film and script about inner city and cultural strife within a like community. And it really showed just kind of how race riots get started. And no other film really did that before, which I love about that film. Number one, E.T., 1982. This may be my favorite pure popcorn film of all time. And uh, I saw this in theaters in high school for the first time. It was the 25th anniversary, and it was probably a top five theater experience for me, and Steven Spielberg at his best. When you think of Steven Spielberg films, I I put E.T. way up there. I mean, Schindler's List I love too, but like that is a horribly tragic film and really sad. But E.T., my favorite (laughs) popcorn Spielberg flick and my number one of the 80s. I mean, you're not going to find a lot of people that are going to disagree with you, sir, on on E.T. being... um you know, as influential and fantastic as, as it was, uh, especially for a movie that came out in 1982. It really yeah, defined e. the genre. E.T. E. is like the third yeah. best uh, alien-based film that came out in the 80s, I'm just saying. Speaking of, okay. yeah, we'll do, we'll do the old homage, like <laughs> Aliens itself, right? 1986, the second Alien release, that is widely regarded as one of the, the best movies of the 80s. I like the um, original more. but That's personal. fair. Yeah. That's fair. Cole, what's your opinion on Aliens versus the original? Uh, I like Alien best, but it came out in 1979, so I couldn't pick it, so I picked Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. And, it's a perfect segue. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, inspiration here. Uh, do the right thing. I watched an interview with uh, Barry Jenkins, the director of Moonlight, which we're going to watch next week and review. Um, and he said he took just so much filmmaking inspiration from Spike Lee and just said, like, when Spike Lee made Do the Right Thing, um, it just inspired black filmmakers for generations. So I, I, I give it a lot of props. It doesn't have to be on your top 10 favorite films, you know, and, but like, I'm just saying, like, I give it so much props for that. 
And so then, I'm going to yeah. throw myself on the mercy of the viewers and the listeners here. I have um, never heard of Do the Right Thing. Uh, oh, wow. I, I'm, okay. tell, I'm serious. and I'm, But it's written down now, and it's going to be on my – I know who Spike Lee is, and I absolutely yeah. know of, of you know his impact to, 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 to black film in general. But I am going to watch this after this discussion. So thanks yeah. for bringing that in there because that's pretty cool. And, yeah, like, it was actually, it wasn't recognized by the Oscar. Like, it got a nomination for Best Picture, I believe, but did not get a nomination for Best Director for Spike Lee. And he's been criminally underrated by the Academy. And uh, so I, I'm not too surprised, actually, you might not have heard of it. Because, like, people that are fan, fans of, like, the 80s and big popcorn flicks in the 80s, uh, they might not have, like, thought about Do the Right Thing being in the 80s and everything. And being, I don't know, just one of these kind of stalwart films that, went on to inspire a lot of other films, too. And, I mean, that's the big one, I think, for inspiration for future films in that top five. All right. All right, Cole, it is now your turn, my friend. Let's get your top five films from the 1980s. All right, so starting at number five, for me, is the 1980 The Shining. I know Eric already had it on his list. Should have been higher. That's a phenomenal, phenomenal film and uh, amazing performance by... uh, old Jackie boy there uh, going into number four I had back to the future so you gotta get, get Marty McFly his props and Doc Brown um, number four there and then number three I had Blade Runner again Eric way too low on Blade Runner man that thing you gotta pump those numbers up <laughs> and then uh, number two is the uh, better version of an alien movie which is Aliens way better than E.T. not as good as Alien but still very very good and then at number one I've already said it before I'll say it again. The greatest film of all time for practical effects and everything under the sun is The Thing. Eric might have do the right thing, but I picked The Thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have much debate on you on any of those things, uh, to be honest with you. Those are all excellent choices. Um, Don't kill me when I tell you I haven't seen The Thing yet. Uh, I'm waiting for the right moment and the right time. And when I watch it, I will give you my full film review call. Yeah. I mean, okay, Blade Runner, I... I agree, you know, that's a largely influential film, but I'm going to say a hot take here. I liked Blade Runner 2049 even more. I mean, Blade Runner 2049 is phenomenal. I mean, mean, like, the cinematography in that film is is awesome. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say it right now. Michael J. Fox is the reason that I don't like Back to the Future. What's wrong with Michael J. Fox? Nothing. I I just can't get behind his performance. It's It's just too squeaky clean, nerdy, whatever, just... I can't do it. I'm sorry. I think Princess sorry. Princess Bride or whatever is a overrated film. The thing I, I I do like that film a lot. It just like it didn't make my personal favorite of favorites of the top ten of uh, right. the eighties. Yeah. Fair enough. So I'm gonna launch into mine. I'm happy to say that four out of my five we have not talked about yet. So that's awesome. That makes me excited, but also kind of weird. Like I'm just fanboying on these movies because they were important for me and you're like, man, whatever, but we're going to get right into it. My top five movie of the 1980s is the 1980, I don't know about blockbuster, but the movie blues brothers. I am a big, big fan of all things jazz. That was 1980s. That was 1980 on the dot. The blues brothers. Okay. Um, double check me on that, but I'm not right. sure. Yeah. So the Blues Brothers uh, holds a huge part in my life uh, for introducing me to, to live music. Honestly, my first live concert was at the House of Blues, um, and that film just inspired just my love of all things Midwest and 
jazz, I guess we'll say it. So uh, number five is the Blues Brothers. Number four comes in 1984, uh, the Dan Aykroyd-inspired and written film, The Ghostbusters. Mm. Uh, I love The Ghostbusters. <laughs> uh, Bill Murray uh, is also, uh, I think he wrote that with Dan Aykroyd. And those two go on to you know make that entire franchise just something that has uh, been influential for kids in cinema in general. I mean, we get the Stave Puff, Marshmallow Man, that scene in general is something that will just <laughs> kind of stay in cinematic history forever. Uh, I really just enjoy the dichotomy of the, you know, that whole group and what they kind of brought to to cinema in general. Um, at number three, we talked about it already. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back. We're all in agreement. Best Star Wars film of that era. No mm-hmm. real contest. Um, and we'll kind of move past that. And number two, in 1985, we have my personal childhood favorite movie, The Goonies. Um, oh, the Goonies is definitely one of those movies that a lot of people will associate with the 1980s. It's um, got a lot of, you know, we'll call it deeper meaning in the idea that you have to hold on to your family and some of the things that are hard and hold on hope until the last moment, even when things seem absolute dark and bleak. I'm sure we can say that about a lot of these adventure movies. But The Goonies, for me, uh, established it and kind of epitomized it the best. So there's that. And <clears throat> number one is the absolute greatest action movie of all time the greatest christmas movie of all time number one is 1988's die hard that's right Uh, die hard is the greatest movie that ever came out of the 1980s and i don't care what any of you have to say that's my personal (laughs) view on that beautifulness uh and bruce willis is just a wonderful human uh, and that role was fantastic um and we'll always have alan rickman as uh just a terrible awful villain and uh, it was great so there's my 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 list so well slay me if you like i just gotta i just gotta say i'm extremely pissed off that i completely forgot that the goonies came out in the 80s and i absolutely hate myself for it because that should be on my top top 10 list i was waiting for you to drop it cold to be completely honest like he's gonna say he's gonna say it i I love it so much i can't believe i forgot about it (laughs) no it's so good that's why it's so high on my list i i like the goonies just didn't make my personal top five same with like Die Hard and uh, personal top ten. Sorry, and yeah. same with Die, Die Hard and Ghostbusters. Although I share your love, like a lot of these films you picked, they're like my childhood mm-hmm. comedy loves. You know that I I really enjoyed. And I don't know, maybe if I wasn't su- such a sick and warped, uh, twisted human, I might be able to go back to that time where I enjoyed right. all of those films. And then I left off things like, um, <laughs> you know, Airplane. You know, we got uh, mm-hmm. the um, the Naked Gun films, like all of those yeah. ridiculous comedy films that came out of the 80s. Like, And like, do you guys have any honorary mentions that you have listed before we wrap this bad boy up that you want to put out here? Uh, yeah, this is Spinal Tap, uh, created the mockumentary, you, you know, yep. that was, Facts. that was fantastic. Rain Man, just a tour de force of a Dustin Hoffman performance. Same with Tootsie. Dustin Hoffman really like ruled the eighties, uh, for me in terms of like great performances. Um, Studio Ghibli film, Grave of the Fireflies. I know Cole, did oh. you say Valley of the Wind was yours? Yeah. Valley of the Wind's mine. Graveyard of Fireflies is just too sad for me to be my favorite. <laughs> So it's too sad. depressing. Like it's you very get to the depressing. end of it, and you're just like soul hurts. <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> and then Amadeus. So Kelly actually gave me a few. Uh, she she might not be joining us for all these discussions, but uh, she reserves the right to join in the future. Amadeus is one of her favorites, and Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, fantastic film. Huge um, honorary mention. And then uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, also one of my favorite horror films of all time. Mm. And then to shoot it back to uh, give Ray Neiman a shout out, Scarface, 
uh, that is one of my favorite 80s films for sure. Yeah, I mean, we talked about De Palma, right? Like, yeah. There we go. Um, <laughs> my honorable mentions include uh, Gremlins, uh, Spaceballs, Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan, Labyrinth, uh, Raising Arizona. My, my wife's favorite uh, movie is The Empire of the Sun, which starred a young Christian Bayo in a um, movie, uh, war-torn um I don't even remember all the details, but it's fantastic. Either way, those are a couple of my uh, highlights. Anybody else want to throw in there? I mean, we talked a little yeah. bit of Predator. The, yeah, I was going to say so, some of my Terminator. honorable mentions was uh, Predator, Terminator, Untouchables, and uh, Mad Max. I also had Ghostbusters uh, on there as well, but you, you are, we already touched on that one. I will say Mad, yeah, Max, Mad Max is obviously a huge influence on the rover. So, shout out another one of Fantastic A24, one of my favorite A24 yeah. films. Yeah. And the only other big one that I we haven't talked about that I see on many lists is Platoon. Because yeah. Platoon did a lot as far as, like, defining war the films. war movie yeah. as not just the war movie, but having some emotional side to it. Um, and we clearly, if you've ever seen that movie, you know there's a, a whole lot of emotional gut punch to that film. I like Platoon. Um, Oliver Stone himself, like, he seems to... I don't know. He's very Hollywood. Like, I, I don't like, want to call him exploitative, but in a way, like he made JFK, which was a very exploitative film about JFK's assassination and pondered to conspiracy theories about it. Yeah, like I, I'm not I'm just not the big Oliver, uh, biggest Oliver Stone fan. Uh, but going back honorable mentions with uh, Scarface, definitely, you know, think of Spring Breakers like that. They mm-hmm. like literally mentioned Scarface in the film several times. So that had a huge influence on A24 films, specifically that one. And then the mockumentary, you know, This Is Spinal Tap, that that had just influence on a lot of films in general going forward. I think a lot of the horror title, titles on this list, we talk about, you know, Poltergeist. You mentioned, um, oh, yeah. uh, what was the other, Nightmare on, Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all, ha- Halloween, like, these are all Halloween. major movies that came out in the 1980s that influenced yeah. horror movies. Original Halloween was late 70s, but right. yeah. Right, so the, mm-hmm. yeah, sorry, the extended yeah. Halloween series into yeah. the 1980s. Start um, of the slasher film, you know? There you go, right. And we yeah. still see a lot of those influences today in a lot of what we see in our, some of our horror movies. And I haven't even seen those yet, and I know they're coming. That's about it, right? Anything <laughs> yep. else, gentlemen? Well, 80s nostalgia is in right now. So, like, I, sure I think A24 kind of just... It, like, they have films that constantly nod to some 80s nostalgia. Not all of them, but there, there are definitely films that do. Well, we'll continue to uh, bring those to you when we get to them on our extensive review of every single one of A24's movies in chronological orders. So please stay tuned every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, Wednesday for new releases and now again every single week. Thank you very much for staying tuned. Please like and subscribe and, um, you know, vote. Uh, vote, but rate us on all of your platforms. Eric, this is why we don't drink when we record these things, because by the end of it, it's just a shit show. <laughs> Vote for me. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. A24 Vibe Discussion!